please, please ask the Lord in your heart uh, as I endeavor to begin this message that God would strengthen my voice. I'm embarrassed. I know it sounds horrible, and uh, I want it to be stronger as I journey through and not become weaker. And uh, I do want to, again, say thank you, Brother Bass, for uh, investing this much confidence in us. We're unworthy of it. I'm reading tonight from the book of Matthew, chapter 25. <clears throat> Matthew, chapter 25, and verse number 1. Matthew, chapter 25, and verse number 1. If I am a bit slow, it's because I have gone over the hill in the last 24 hours. <clears throat> and uh, I don't preach as fast as I used to. Amen. And uh, and uh, hopefully not as long as I used to. I don't know what's on the agenda for after church. But we've already been here two hours. And I promise you I'm not intoxicated on the sound of my own voice. I, <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> I hear me all the time. But I do want the Lord to make a difference here tonight. Matthew 25, verse 1, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps, while the bridegroom tarried. They all slumbered and slept while the bridegroom tarried. They all slumbered and slept. I want to talk to you tonight on this basic subject while the bridegroom tarries. Or more particularly, I may ask you to consider with me what to do while the bridegroom tarries. What do we do? What do we do? Question. What to do while the bridegroom tarries? Would you help me again in prayer? Father, sanctify this hour. <clears throat> Lord, I'm asking you for a divine touch. I need your assistance, your help. I'm asking God for a divine unction from the Holy Ghost to rest upon our hearts. Praying God for the anointing, Lord, to abide upon us. God, sanctify this hour, sanctify this time. Would you bless me to be a blessing? Would you help me to be a help? Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, give strength, give energy, give power and anointing. Help us to collect our hearts and our minds. Lord, for this last occasion of looking to your word in this meeting, help us to leave here challenged, changed, Oh, God, anointed, empowered. Oh, God, somehow make the difference, God, that is beyond our human abilities. You have told us this week to depend on you. I stand, God, in faith tonight asking for your help. I give you the praise for all that will be accomplished for your namesake and glory. Amen. And the church said amen. amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm also reading tonight from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51, very familiar portion of Scripture. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. 
For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What to do while the bridegroom tarries. Chapter 25 of the book of Matthew, it is evident to me, is an extension of chapter 24. It is a continuation of a message lesson that Jesus gave to his disciples. And the setting of this lesson begins in verse 1 of chapter 24, when Jesus has went out and departed from the temple, and the scripture said his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. Some time ago, reading this verse of scripture, I, I was a bit uh, amused and at the same time saddened by the content and the message that I received in this verse. And ever since then, I, every time I look at this verse, I am finding these mixed feelings. And let me explain if I can. Jesus going out of the temple, the disciples coming to him, and uh, then endeavoring to show him the buildings of the temple to impress him, as it were, with, with the temple. And uh, it occurred to me how spiritually inept and blind these men were still. Even perhaps after seeing some signs and miracles and wonders and healings and such like, yet they did not know who it was that they were walking with. They did not understand who Jesus was. And they were on such a uh, natural mentality and maybe even a carnal thinking that they felt like that they could impress the Creator of the world with the buildings of the temple. Amen. Somehow they felt like that they could uh, impress him with what was going on there and uh, showing him the buildings of the temple. I, I, I wanted to scream out when I read this verse. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you, you fellas don't understand who you have among you. The God of creation, the Lord of the universe. Amen. The one who put the day star in its place and uh, stretched out the Milky Way. And, and you fellas want to impress him with a temple. Amen. You want to impress him with a pile of rocks. And he's the one that made the rocks. And he's the one that made the ground that the temple sets upon. And uh, he knew all of this piece of real estate long before you boys ever got here. Amen. And yet here they are trying to impress him. And if it was the architecture that they were concerned about. Uh, they were missing it. How can you impress the Creator? Amen. With the works of men's hands. And, and perhaps there was a little a bit of, uh, of, of, of religious pride involved. And uh, you see, that temple was the focal point of their religion. Amen. And it was the thing that they would uh, pivot their little religious world upon. And so, this is our church. This is our temple. Uh, again, what foolish 
thinking to feel like that they might be able to impress Jesus with their little little bit of religious uh, parade. And uh, he had been watching this go on. And the God of glory had sent prophets beat times and many times. And the Lord had been on the outside a long time trying to get inside of their little religious mechanisms and uh, and uh, and their religious mentality. And so again, uh, they were they were in futile effort trying if they were to impress him with their religious structure and their religious effort. Amen. And maybe it was also thought of them that the temple symbolized their national pride and uh, uh, and their pride and prejudice may have been interwoven. You know, there's ways to hide a lot of things. And, and maybe this temple was because they were proud of it because it was a, a national symbol. Our, our nation is different because we have a temple. And our, our people are different because we've got a church. And yet Jesus turned from this occasion and without much of a prelude at all, He says in verse number 2, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be cast down. Amen. And he abruptly stepped into their mindset and said, I am not impressed. In fact, I'd like to tell you that there's coming a time when none of these things are going to be left standing and they're all going to be cast down even with the ground. And he left that uh, indictment ringing in there ears. And, and if you remember in Luke chapter 19, there was a time in verse 41 that Jesus come near to the city. And as he beheld it, the Bible said that he wept over the city of Jerusalem. Verse 42 of Luke 19, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee. And they're going to come past thee round about, and keep thee on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because, because, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Amen. Spiritual sensitivity to God's clock is of the greatest urgency. To find out where God is and to find out what God is trying to do at a certain station and place and time. Amen. And this somehow gives me a little bit of consolation. Forgive me. But it gives me a little bit of consolation to know that our high priest knows what it feels like to try to alarm a sleeping generation. Amen. To know that my high priest has been touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Oftentimes in Sunday night, trying to arouse a congregation to worship and intensity of praise. And sometimes in a Wednesday night Bible study to try to awaken a, a desire for souls and spiritual depth. And I sometimes leave the church and say oh God will we ever and then I find myself remembering Jesus you've been here before you know where we are in the spirit you understand what we're going through you tried to wake up an entire city and you got a handful here and somebody there they did not as a whole understand the hour of their visitation praise God 
They didn't understand the hour of their visitation. And I don't believe that it is without significance that the next few verses in Luke 19 tell us that he went into the temple and then began to put them out. Amen. That bought and sold in the temple. And he cast them out with a vengeance and said, It is written that my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And I want to say this tonight if I can. I believe that the condition of affairs that brought the scathing rebuke in the previous verses where he said you're going to be judged and Jerusalem is going to be laid even with the ground when you find that in your Bible then you find Jesus cleansing the temple there is a connection the reason for the indictment that Jesus gave amen is because of the condition of the temple that he walked into after he preached that message there's a connection friend I said there's a connection the condition of the church has a lot to do with God's ideas and God's attitudes and what God wants to say to His people. Hallelujah. Amen. With a heart heavy, with a heart grieved, you're going to be laid even with the ground. And then he went to the church and a little closer views told us the reason for that sermon is here. The reason for that indictment is here. I'm going to tell you, we might miss it as humankind, but God doesn't miss it. God just does not miss it. But Jerusalem missed it. They missed the hour of their visitation. In Matthew chapter 24, we understand that some of these, uh, some of these verses have to deal with Jerusalem and some events that would take place just a short seventy years hence from the time of Jesus' words. We understand that from Jewish history that Jerusalem as a city was besieged and it was laid even with the ground. Amen. There was hardly a tree, one historian said, where there wasn't a dead body dangling in it. And it was in direct result of the indictment that Jesus gave to people that did not tune in to their spiritual clock and understand. I'm going to tell you something. It's not with me just a situation of maybe I will and maybe I won't. When I look through the pages of this Bible and find out the people who missed their hour and missed what God was doing and missed what God was saying, brother, it was followed with the judgment of the Almighty God. I'm telling you this business of getting spiritual and this business of having revival within and growth without, it's not just a hit or miss business. Brother, this is our day, and this is our hour. We've got a work to do and a cause to preach. We've got to tune into what the Holy Ghost wants in this day. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. I'm telling you, then these 20, in the 24th chapter, there are other references that undoubtedly point toward the coming of the Lord and the consummation of things in the end time and uh, the, the signs of the times that are mentioned. Uh, I won't list all of them, but wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in divers places, and, and uh, the list goes on, and many shall be offended and shall hate one another and betray one another, and that one doesn't get much attention, but it's there. It's, it's there. Amen. I'll come to preach a little bit. Hope you'll just be 
with me a minute. Hallelujah. Wars and rumors of wars and pestilences and famines and earthquakes and divers places and all of these things that Jesus says is just the beginning of sorrows. And yet we go to our churches week after week and we are preaching to people that get in the average home at least one newspaper a day. I have two newspapers delivered to my address each morning. The Beaumont Enterprise and the Houston Chronicle and, and I wish I could tell you that I was abreast with all uh, affairs of, of the day but I'm not uh, but I do get those papers and every now and then I look at the front page and read a few articles uh, and brother without fail it is wars and rumors of wars in the city of Houston Texas the Houston Chronicle of course uh, speaks of the activity that's there and the violence that is filling the streets and the hate and did not the apostle Paul say that in the last days that men would become fierce brother this is a fierce generation drive by shootings and uh, child pornography and uh, the brutality and the uh, perversion and the iniquity that is everywhere. And Jesus said there would be earthquakes and nearly without fail by the week uh, we read about earthquakes, many of which uh, and because of the frequency thereof uh, are not even enumerated and they're not even spoke of. I'm telling you it's got to get up there on the rector scale to even make the headlines these days. But this Bible said that in the last days uh, there would be earthquakes. What could we say about the wars and rumors of wars? We're finding about nations that we did not even know existed a few years ago. Amen. Bosnia and Vietnam and all of these things and every day the threat of a, of a nuclear holocaust that is perched as a bird on a limb looking down over civilization. Brother, if we knew where we were on the time clock of God... I doubt that I could finish this message tonight. I think we'd all probably find our prayer place. Amen. And say, God, count me worthy that I might escape all of these things that shall come to pass and to stand in that day before the Son of Man. Amen. I read in the Houston paper some months ago that there has been a rise of infectious diseases that they thought they had uh, vaccines for. And they thought that we had found the cure on. And they put the cork in the bottle, as it were, and said, this is not a problem any longer. But I submit to you tonight that there is a revival of infectious diseases. Amen. And life-threatening diseases that is plaguing our nation and coming across the world. I know it may seem a bit negative, but Jesus said there would be pestilences. Amen. We've got the killer bees coming out of uh, Mexico and coming into South Texas and killing animals and human beings will be in the list as well. But we are a people that have become climatized to the end time. We are a generation that though it be upon whom the ends of the earth shall come. Amen. That we have become climatized. Wars doesn't stir us. Rumors of wars doesn't move us. Pestilence doesn't shake us. Earthquakes doesn't move us. I'm telling you we better wake up while he tarries and start reading the mail and seeing what God's saying and hearing what God's saying. Behold, I come quickly. Hallelujah. 
Amen. The message of the second coming. The message of the second coming. Ah, brethren, it's getting harder to preach and to stir folks about the second coming. Amen. But it is still the blessed hope of the church. It is still the blessed hope of the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's getting increasingly difficult to read 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. It's getting hard to move Pentecostals with the message anymore. But I've come tonight with a reminder that yet a little while and he that shall come will come. He that shall come will come and he will not tarry. The Lord's return receiving the end of our faith. The, even the end of our faith. The salvation of our soul. The long-awaited event of the church. Uh, I want to hurry, but I, I feel something in my heart tonight. Brother Bass, when we was boys, it was the conversation piece of the church. The old saints of God stood up in the sanctuary, uh, threw their head back and said, I'm looking for Him to come any day now. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I had grandpas and great uncles that had more church in their living room and some folks having church now and I remember as a little boy sitting in the way in the corner in shadows and listen to Henry talk to Leonard and Leonard talked to Henry and they weren't talking Super Bowl and who won the golf tournaments they weren't talking about amen the NBA and they never said much about Democrats or Republicans but after a little while Henry would look at Leonard and say you know what Jesus is coming Hey, Jesus is coming. I've been there. And Henry would get up and get to walking around the house doing one of these numbers. And saying, shoo, 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 shoo. Amen. And there wasn't a dog or cat to shoo out. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Amen. And them doodads went to crawling up on my back. And they'd get to talking about one shall be taken and the other left. Henry, I want to be ready. Yeah, Leonard, I got to go. I'm going to tell you something. That's what I cut my teeth on. Somebody looking for a better world. Somebody looking for a higher calling. Somebody looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Before the days of Pentecostal affluence. Glory to God. Let's make it a little tight right through here, but Amen. Before the days of uh, Justin Murphy's shoes and and all of the fine clothes and and the fine automobiles back there in the days when nobody could brag about a DD and they all felt like dodos, but they had enough revelation to know this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Hallelujah. Oh, God, take us back, Lord. Take us back to the place that Pentecost was born in the fires of revival. Looking for heaven and want to take somebody with them. Hallelujah. Amen.
Amen. Thank you. I thank God for everything I got. I got more than I deserve. Amen. And the more you get, the more you want. That's the way of carnality. We better keep an eye on that passing through here. I'm kind of like the black preacher I heard about some years ago. Amen. He was trying to impress upon the folk that you brought nothing into this world and it's certain that you'll take nothing out. Amen. Before I say that, let me tell you this. Uh, this is ML telling you this. You know, when you got here, somebody bathed you and clothed you for the first time. When you got here, brother, somebody bathed you and clothed you. Other hands picked you up. Amen. And wiped you out. And wiped you clean. And put the first diaper on you. Amen. I don't care if you live a hundred years. And you drive LTDs. And Lincoln Town Cars. Or Cadillacs. And I'm not against that. But we better remember one thing. When we leave this world. Other hands are going to bathe us. And somebody else is going to clothe us. We never do get too far from where we started. Hey man, Brother Cable's that black preacher said. He said, all you folks think you're going to take it with you. He said, I ain't never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. He said, hey, ain't none of you going to take all your do's and duds with you. Hey man, but I'm feeling better tonight. He said, hey, hey, ain't none of you gonna, ain't gonna take ever any of this with you. Naked came I from my mother's womb. And the dust you come, to the dust you'll go back. Kind of like the little Sunday school boy who went into the bedroom and was playing and, uh, and kind of fell down and looked up under the bed and come screaming out of there and said, mama, there's a man under our bed. Hey man, that preacher told us this morning we come from the dust and going back. He said, I don't know if he's coming or going, but he's under there. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. And we Pentecostals are blessed. Most of us come here tonight with enough money in our pocket to get home. Or enough plastic to get us home. And and, uh, and we can go tonight. And, and Brother Bass don't buy me a dinner, I'll buy my own. Hallelujah. And it's awful easy to get a little high and mighty. And awful easy to get climatized to this old world. Brother, I'm not a, I'm not an old man. I'm going to clarify that. I'm not old. No, no, no. Right now I don't feel like, I don't know what I feel like in the morning, but I don't feel too old right now. Amen. Amen. Over that hill stuff doesn't got out of the way right now. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. But I preached like this Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. I felt like I've been hit with a truck. I said, yeah, buddy, you're going over the hill. Sure as a world. Used to do it six nights a week. Never bother me. Hey, Lord Jesus, y'all out there? I ain't just preaching these boys. You hear me out there? I'm going to tell you. Hey, man, I don't want to go back to the Great Depression. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to fighting mosquitoes and, and windows open. Brother J.T. Bass, I, I've seen the pictures of the other church across town. We don't want to go back just like that, do we? Amen. No air conditioning in the, in the, in the wintertime. Sitting around with your coats on and your collar turned up. But I tell you what, it's not awful hard to get excited about a better land. It's not a real problem to get folks excited about going out of here and getting to a better world. Amen. What, are we going to let our blessings become our curse? Are we going to let our prosperity, amen, become our spiritual demise? What poverty has killed, brother, uh, one in here and yon? Uh, prosperity is killed by the thousands. I'm telling you, with all we have, we better remember this church was built on a blessed hope of getting out of here and going yonder to be with the Lord.
In the book of Hebrews chapter 10, I haven't got to what I want to preach yet. Don't let that scare you. Amen. But in Hebrews chapter 10, Paul had been concerned, and I believe personally that Paul was the penman of Hebrews 10 and the book of Hebrews entirely. That's my feeling, but uh, be that as it may, it appears that the book of Hebrews was written because of some Judaizers and some uh, people that were coming in trying to get them to return and revert back to Judaism. The book of Hebrews is a beautiful book. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Paul enumerates for us what God had given him by revelation out by the mountain. In the shadow of the very mountain that had given the law, Paul was there by divine intervention. And God gave him revelation of what had been coming from that mount years ago and let him to know that the law was a schoolmaster to bring them to Christ. And throughout the book of Hebrews, it's a better law and better covenant established on better promises. The key word of the book of Hebrews is better. Amen. This is the better way. It's better than the law. It's better than the world. It's better. Brother, this apostolic Jesus name, water baptized, Holy Ghost filled, tongue talking way, it's better. It's better. Your worst day in the church is better than your best day in the world. But it looked like that these uh, spirits and attitudes were making some inroads. And Paul reminds them. He said, call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. That small statement takes in volumes of torment. Amen. Ye endured a great fight of afflictions. They endured the criticism of the, of the Jew. They endured uh, the scorn of their kinfolk when they stepped across the line and embraced grace and faith as God's message of the day and they tuned in to the hour. I want to say this tonight. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Anytime anybody gets a hold of what God's doing, amen, it will, it will draw some criticism. Amen. There will be, a, I'm going to say this, I hadn't planned on this, but there will be a fight of afflictions that come. You dear saints of God, you get your head on straight and start having personal renewal and personal revival. You good young folks in this conference that start coming to prayer meetings and start packing your Bible to church, do not be surprised if you do not have a fight of afflictions. The spirit world will come against you because you dare to step out and step across the line and pursue and try to apprehend the apprehendable. It will draw some affliction. Hallelujah. Lord, help me, Jesus. Partly whilst ye were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while ye became companions of them that were so used. That was your fellowship circle. For ye had compassion of me and my bonds. And listen to what the apostle said. He said, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven. Glory to God. Amen. You, you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. You didn't mind the flack, the persecution, the ridicule, amen, the criticisms, because you kept your eyes on heaven. You kept your hope on a better world. I want to say this as I hurry through tonight. We're going to mess up in this hour. Amen. And I, I know that we're focusing here on outreach and evangelism, and I'm not doing any injury to that. Stay with me. 
me. But I pray that our vision does not exclude the blessed hope. I'm telling you, I do want to work for God here. And I do want to see what's going on for God down here. But I don't mind telling you, I'm in this to save. I started to say my hide. But I'm in this to save my soul. Amen. I'm going to preach revival. And I'm going to preach the truth. And I'm going to try to do everything I can. But brother, as a nine-year-old boy, when grace taught my heart to fear, and preachers preached to me that one's going to make it and another's not going to make it, brother, I've been running for my life ever since. He said, you didn't mind losing all of that. Brother, the only way we're going to deal with some of the afflictions that are going to come and to take joyfully, if it need be, the spoiling of our goods is to know that we have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. When I looked at the father of the faithful again a few days ago and of his followers and those who died in faith, they that say such things declare plainly that they, and everybody said, seek a country. Amen. Amen. While he tarries, what are we going to do? I'm telling you, I'm going to stay in a path of pursuit of seeking a country. And in my endeavors for personal renewal and in our church focus for spiritual depth and whatever is involved, the bottom line and the object of it all is the salvation of our souls. Amen. I, I, I want to say tonight in this scripture, in the Bible said if they had been mindful of the country from which they came out they might have had opportunity to have returned now they desire and everybody said a better country Brother, that's better than Marion County. That's better than the sunshine state of Florida. A better country. That is in heavenly wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God and he hath prepared for them a city I wonder if God looks down here in 1996 and please I'm not talking about a poverty pledge I'm not talking about a denial of uh, going home and selling and being foolish and, and feeling like you got to live in a shack by the railroad track to go to heaven I'm not preaching that I'm not preaching that I believe God wants his people to have the best and to enjoy it but hear me our heartbeat and our spirit has to stay unstained and unstained tattered we have got to somehow amen have our citizenship in another place that while he tarries our heartbeat is home sweet home amen somebody said it years ago that home is where the heart is amen jesus said no man can serve two masters amen he's talking about god and mammon i'm telling you we can't do it because jesus said it's impossible I'm wondering as God looks down. I've only been on page one all this time. Oh, Jesus, help me, God. Yeah. Amen. Jesus looks down. I wonder what he's saying about this last day church. I wonder if he's able to say, I watched Abraham pull up his tent stakes and walk by faith and look for another world. Amen. And I'm not ashamed. I want the Ammonites and the Moabites and the Jebusites and the Canaanites and all the rest of the ites and bites and rats and cats. I want them to know those are my people. They walk by the side of a different drum beat. I am their Lord. I am their God. They're going to a place they've never been. They're in love with a God they've never seen. And I'm not ashamed to be called their God. 
Amen. You look at the Apostle Paul and we wonder why he survived and how he survived. I think I found part of the answer in Romans 8.18 when he said, For I reckon, somebody said Paul must have been a southerner, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. I think I found part of the answer. Amen to the stonings, the shipwrecks, the false brethren, and the persecution and the devilment that he went through. He had to keep his perspective and keep his his vision. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time. And then he said in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, and brother, this is victory. If I've ever heard it in view of the 11th chapter of Corinthians and the uh, lineup of the perils and the perils and the perils and the perils in the sea, in the city, in the country, in the, in the perils, 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 perils. And then he's able to say in 2 Corinthians 4, for the light affliction, our light affliction, my God, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight in glory. I'm going to tell you something, weary preacher and, and troubled saint of God, we got to keep this business in, in mind. Amen. we got to work like we got a hundred years and live like he's coming today. But if you're here tonight and you're beat and you're tired and you're weary, let me tell you something. I'm going to preach to you what they preached to me years ago. Over the next hill might be home. Your trial might be the last trial. Your battle might be the last battle. That devil that you're up against might be the last devil on the journey. Jesus is about to come. Jesus is about to come. Let's hold on, Bishop. Hallelujah. Let's keep on fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. Let the sweat roll and let it go. Amen. I think I found part of the answer. For we know that if this earthly house of this tabernacle be dissolved, we have a building, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan. In this we groan. You got a minute out there? I'm going to tell you, the Lord dealt with me about this a few days ago. You know, there's a groaning in the heart of every real child of God. You can have the best revival and the best conference. And some of us, when we leave here, and we have reached this ecstasy, and we have been challenged and stirred and moved, some of you in the morning are going to wake up with a gnawing in your guts. There will be a moving in your spirit. And if you're not careful, you'll fail to understand what it is. Amen. People have backslid. I know, I believe this. And I, I don't have time to say it all. But people have lost their way because they failed to understand. Amen. That the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. There are good saints in our churches and good preachers and what have you that have failed to understand. I don't care how big the meeting is on Sunday night. It doesn't matter what the conference was and what was preached. There is a groaning in the spirit world. There is a deep yearning inside. And we need to understand what it is. We can have the depth of spiritual preaching. We can have the depth of spiritual things take place in our churches. But there's a groaning in the spirit of the children of God waiting for our change to come. Proper interpretation of this inward unrest. I ain't got time for all this. But if we don't have a proper interpretation, if you don't have a proper interpretation of that something inside of you, Amen. I don't care you can run as long as you can run. Jump and shout and dance and holler. But you're still going to say, Oh God. Some of that is the inward groaning. Even the Old Testament patriarchs said, All the days of my appointed time. 
I'm waiting for my change to come. If a man dies, shall he live again? Amen. At the scent of water will the dry tree sprout again. He was the first fruits of the resurrection, and afterward they that are His at His coming. Hallelujah. The closest things we can attain down here, they're still going to leave us with a groaning, if we're God's pilgrims. The best house, the best car, the biggest building, the finest pulpits, the finest pews. God's children are never going to lose that pilgrim spirit. This world, this world is not my resting place. If you can't relate to this, you may need to check on where you are in the spirit. If you're so climatized down here that you'd have a hard time leaving that nice house, I'm going to tell you, we're probably more carnal than we think we are. Amen. We can dress it right, Brother Hudson, and we can preach it, Brother A to Z, but if there's not a groaning in the hearts of the children of God, we're probably not in tune as we ought. I heard a story years ago, the passing of the late, and I would dare say great, Verbal Bean. It happened that he was preaching an Ohio camp meeting in about 1974 or 75 there. Uh, and I was to be ordained, and it wasn't just for personal me. There were several other preachers, and I've cherished that time that he laid his hands on my head and prayed for me. I was about 18, 19 years old. I got a picture of it, him standing behind a group of us. When I heard about his passing, the Lord saw fit to let him depart and be at rest. Tragedy as it was. I remember I was trying to bring in a home mission church in Ohio, back there in 76, 7, long in there. And uh, when I heard the news, I went into the bedroom and laid across the bed. I wasn't close to Brother Bean. But by virtue of him preaching the dedication or ordination service, I felt an affinity. And I lay across the bed and I wept. Some years later, I heard the story about uh, shortly after his passing, how that one of his children, they said, <clears throat> come up missing one day. And they frantically began to search. And they looked and scoured the house and the yard and the neighborhood. And when they found that little child, it was he or she, I don't know, but uh, was in the closet there where Brother Verbal Bean's clothing was still hanging in the closet. It, and that little child was there <clears throat> nestled up and wrapped up in the, the coat and the suits and the jackets of, his, of, of, of that child's past deceased father. When they found the child, just, an, just a small child, grabbing those clothes and hovering near, nestled in a dark closet. And that childlike spirit said, I've got to get as close to what's left of daddy that I possibly can. He's gone. He is gone. But I am here draped in His clothing. And I am here touching His clothes. I'm going to tell you all something. We can talk about going to where our Father is and going to where God is. I don't know how you look at it, but here of late I've been telling the folks at home, and I I hope, I pray, that I'm getting it across to at least here and there some. I said we can talk about the rapture, and while that is not a biblical expression, it speaks of the catching away of the bride. And and what I've read from 1 Corinthians 15, I tell the church, we can talk about rapture. We can talk about caught up to meet Him in the air. But I said, you know what, if we're not wrapped up and raptured and engulfed and fixed in what we have of Him here. 
Amen. These people that can stand around and never worship and never pray and never get involved in a preaching service. Amen. And I know we're not standing on our head tonight and you good people have been here for hours and I'm not indicting you. But I want you to go to your church and get raptured in what's taking place around your local assembly. When your preacher talks about outreach and talks about door knocking and Bible studies and revival or whether it's just breaking the barriers and breaking through in a Sunday night worship service, some of you men need to get up off your shoulder blades and say I am going to get caught up in what's going on in my church. Amen. Some of you ladies that find occasion to run the nurseries and run the doors and some of you young folks. I'm going to preach a little here. Amen. That can pass your notes and gouge each other in the ribs. I'm going to tell you the church is leaving here shortly and it's leaving with a people that have wrapped themselves up in what is evident and what is available unto us here. I submit to you tonight that we will not be caught up in the rapture of the church if we're not caught up in the rapture of the mission of what the church is in the earth to do. I'm telling you, there are people here tonight that need a praying through, that need a revival, that need a stirring. All of us need to move up. Brother, I'm going to get in the closet and be clothed upon. The coat's bigger than I can wear, but it's all a daddy I got. It's all a heaven I got. Oh, come on, everybody, clap your hands. Let's get caught up for the next 15 minutes. We don't get caught up in this church business. You can forget about the rapture. We see it just for a few more minutes. While he tarries, we better get enraptured. We better get caught up in this. Every family in our churches need to get caught up in the mission. Every man needs to feel a part. Every woman needs to feel the sense of destiny. Every Sunday night needs to be charged with a feeling of destiny. We need to come out of our prayer room saying God is going to do something. The Holy Ghost is going to break some chains. Our pastor is going to be mightily used of God tonight. And brother, when the backslider comes and the atmosphere has that pilgrim drumbeat and the atmosphere is thumping and pulsating with the pilgrim mind that is enjoying Jesus and wrapping up in Jesus here and still looking for the blessed hope there. Brother, as far as I can tell, I don't have no answers. I'm 40 years old and I guess it's midlife crisis or whatever. I ain't done nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm the least among us. I, I thought today, Brother Howard talking about all of a sudden it hitting you. My God, what am I doing here? And I thought, all oh, these preachers, some of them had mighty revivals and baptized by the hundreds. Amen. From my experience, five steps forward and six backwards and I'm hoping it'll change and I'm hoping things will turn around. Amen. But everybody in my city ain't going to heaven. Some are going to hell. And they want to go. Some of them backsliders that I've been praying over and them deadbeat Laodicean Pentecostals that I'm surrounded with. Amen. That want to go to heaven with the worldly garb and the trash. Amen. I can't help some of those folks. I said I can't help some of those folks. You can talk about love all you want to. Some folks don't want no help and they're going to hell in spite of me and you. Give them a bowl of beans three times a day. 
And they'll stand in line for seconds and burp in your face and cuss you when you run out. They ain't got heaven in mind. Say what you want. Well, some of you know what I is. While he tarried. You can get your head caught up in the cloud if you want to, brother. But over in East Texas, I got my number nine and a half right down on the mud. Put my nose in the mud sometimes. Pray for me, Kitchens. I'm about to mess up. No, you don't want me to. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. This one Jehoshaphat that ain't going down to Ahab's and writing up contracts. Amen. My ship will get broke if I do. Amen. I ain't going to the assembly of God and learn how to have revival. I don't need Mr. Chu Chow or none of the rest of them. They don't even know who God is. They ain't even in the ballpark. Amen. They might as well be bound before the Pope. They don't know who God is. What do I want to go there for? I'm telling you, while he tarries, now I'm fixing to preach my message. While he tarries, Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly, steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Amen. What are we going to do while he tarries? I say we keep preaching doctrine. I still say it's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. You must be born again of water and of the Spirit. While he tarries, it's still one God. It's still every man, everybody in the water in the name of Jesus Christ. First Timothy three sixteen. Take heed to thyself and unto the doctrine. Everybody said the doctrine. Everybody said the doctrine. Continue. Everybody said continue in them, in them. And that ain't just one or two. It's them. For in so doing, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear you. Stay with the doctrine. Stay with the doctrine. First Timothy 4 and 1 Now the Spirit speaketh expressly That in the latter time Some shall depart from the faith Giving heed to seducing spirits And doctrines of devils Second Timothy 3 Yea all that will live godly In Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution But evil men and seducers Shall wax worse and worse But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and heard and been assured of. I'm telling you what God preaching brought us this far. Jesus name baptism brought us this far. What God brought us this far. I submit to you tonight that in these last days while he tarries, 
What are we going to do? I'm telling you, I submit in the Holy Ghost that our preachers should never feel intimidated in any platform, conference, gathering, camp meeting, youth camp, fellowship meeting to mount the pulpit and preach John 3 and 5 and Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. If there's not a sinner in the house, I'm telling you, doctrine built our churches. Doctrine pulled down the strongholds of hell. Doctrine brought the churches in the storefronts. Some of them now are enjoying the fineries, but they're backing up on the foundation. You can be seated. I know I'm hungry too. Something's on my heart, and I I better behave tonight. My daughter graduated from high school last year. Got another one graduating this year. Man alive, I am getting old. One fixing to get married. Jesus have mercy. Amen. Amen. Somebody said, "When we long, I'll be a grandpa." Oh, heavenly Father. Oh God. I, oh, I can. I can wait. I can wait. I can wait. Some of my dear friends have said, "I'm just waiting for that grandpa spirit to get on old Phillips." I said, "It never happened." I'm too old, salty, and sour. I'll probably never make a good grandpa. Amen. Get me off of that. Well, my daughter graduated a few, uh, year, a few years ago, last year, and they had a baccalaureate service. And I know this is on tape. Don't care. Send it to who you want, where it wants to go. I don't care where it goes. Hallelujah. Amen. One of the local churches in our area had the baccalaureate service. There's a big, big building and this beautiful edifice. And the man's been a Christian to me in the sense he's been a gentleman. He's the only man in my area that stole from me and, and at least called me. <laughs> Amen. Most of them where I come from ain't got enough ethics to be a good yellow cat in the backyard. <coughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Well, he didn't steal them from me. Probably I gave them. He called me and said, you want, me to send, you want me to send them back? I said, no, no, brother. I don't, I don't see no point in that. You want me to send them back and have them talk to you? I said, they never felt like they needed to talk when they left. <coughs> Amen. I said, I've lived here long enough to find out most folks in this area do what they blessed well want to do. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to go have a Big Mac. I ain't sweating over it. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Somebody said that you ain't having a revival, you ain't praying enough. Don't talk to me of that junk. I'm telling you, you can pray the blessed heavens down. Reprobates are going to be reprobates, God-haters and preacher killers. I ain't everybody's Messiah. I can't save some folk, and you can't either. They gut-stab one preacher, they'll do it to somebody else. Amen. A little too hard for some of you, but you ain't been where I've been. Amen. And here a little and there a little, and this is my little, and I'll be done just shortly. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to do it. I said, I'm going to do it. Amen. They, they brought in the Minister Alliance in our city. Had the Baptist up leading the service, the Pentecostal pulpit. Amen. The man that preached the baccalaureate service got up and, with a snake-eating grin on his face. Said, I know there's a bunch of denominations here tonight. And it really, you know, that don't bother me. I was raised this and I married that. And for 13 years, I was United Pentecostal preacher. Now I'm pastoring in town in the Assembly of God. I had several families there because we had kids in the church. And I felt my folks around me said, Ugh. 
that. And something in me, I know I'm sounding ugly tonight, but honestly, folks, really, that, 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 this is not me. I'm not an ugly person, but there's something in me that loves this doctrine. Amen. I said, over my dead body, if they never have a baccalaureate service, I ain't big enough to have it, but they ain't no Baptist getting up running nothing in my church. Amen. Go ahead and get quiet. It's all right. I got the floor. Amen. There ain't no backslidden preacher getting up, preaching to nobody. Y'all do what you want to do when you get to the house. That's what I'm going to do. Somebody said to win them, you got to love them. Your ship will get broke too, honey. Jehoshaphat Ahab's going to eat your lunch after a while. Woo! I say while he tarries. Yeah, loud folks. Yeah, preach to folks. While he tarries, we better not deviate from the gospel of Jesus Christ. If there's folks here that don't understand this message, go to the church. I started to say of your choice, but the one nearest you that preaches the truth. Amen. And say, what was that ball-headed, pot-gutted preacher from Texas talking about? Amen. And three good Bible studies will tell everything. Praise God that I'm spending an hour and a half talking about. I'm telling you while he tarries. You young folks look right up here at me. Amen. Your pastor's not a dingbat from the back hills because he draws some lines of separation from denominationalism. Amen. We are not interdenominational. Amen. We are not non-doctrinal. We've never hung our shingle out yet and said we're not a doctrinal church. That makes about as much sense as a bunch of flesh over nothing. You gotta have a skeleton. You gotta have a framework. You gotta have some doctrine. Sit down a while. No, I'm about to get upset. I don't do good when I'm upset. You say what you want to. You know, we used to fuss over, you know, is it white hose or clear hose or is it... Uh, and every pastor's got his preference. I don't care what a man. And if your pastor preaches that, bless God, live it. God will honor you for it. You'll go to heaven just as well. You let a spirit get in you because of that, it'll probably affect other things in your life. If that's your pastor's preference or conviction or whatever, I'm not here to draw uh, standard issues. Amen. And for a moment, I'll get on that later. <coughs> but, uh, hey man, I'm going to tell you, Brother Paget. I'm, I'm just stuck off over there in little old Hick Town, but I, I hear a lot around the country. And I tell you, uh, the fundamentals, somebody said, oh, those old issues of uh, repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and Holy Ghost tongue talking, that's a settled thing. But it ain't settled. You hear me? Doctrinal truths are not settled. If there is anything that I'm feeling in the Holy Ghost in this last day, there is a revival of the spirit of Antichrist that is trying to demise and tear down the very fundamentals. I'm not talking about nitpicking issues. I'm talking about the basics. And as we see the day appearing, and while he tarries, we better get our head in this book and get some convictions about the fundamentals in our hearts, in our churches, in our young folks, that we'll have the revival in the end time that is based on truth. While he tarries, oh Jesus, somebody said if you don't hurry up, he's going to come tonight. <laughs> While he tarries, we must continue 
in holiness. Everybody said holiness. While he tarries. What are we going to do while he tarries? Well, we've got to have some doctrine. We've got to have some holiness. Somebody said, man, you're just a basic preacher. You got that right. Hey, man, I can't, I can't even buy and trade cars without taking a beating. I ain't no businessman. and probably ain't much of a preacher in your eyes, but so be it. Of the Lord, I receive my reward. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't say that ugly. We've got to have some holiness. The doctrine of separation is as old as creation. He separated the light from the darkness. He separated the sea from the dry land. Amen. It is as old as creation itself. It was the law of the Old Testament to make a difference between the clean and the unclean. Between the profane and the holy. I'm telling you, get away from me with this business of you don't need to preach doctrine and you don't need to preach holiness and you don't need to preach issues once in a while. I know that we cannot become uh, fragmented. We cannot become uh, issue oriented to the absence of everything else. But brother, uh, don't let the devil hoodwink us in this last day. There are spirits coming against youth and coming against young homes and coming against the church. And your pastor every now and then is going to have to put a break on the session and say right here is where the line is drawn and I'm not moving and this church is not moving. And I'm going to tell you to have in time revival, call it whatever, to have revival and a true move of God. It's not going to be a hodgepodge of a bunch of worldliness and carnality. There may be those among us that are growing. We do not advocate judgmental spirits and attitudes. we got a one-room schoolhouse in the church, everything from kindergarten to graduate school. And God help our preachers to minister to each one and help our saints to have enough wisdom to understand such things. But there must be in our midst a basic spirit of separation and holiness that is becoming to the glory of God that will introduce and will invite divine anointing and divine glory and divine power. God said if you bring it back from the foreign fields of war, it's going to go through the water or the fire. There's a cleansing before you assimilate that and bring it back into my camp. I'm telling you, we need to be careful about developing appetites. Amen. For if we keep tasting, if we just keep tasting. I sat down at the table the other day, I wasn't hungry till I started to eat. I wasn't hungry till I started to eat. You good saints of God and your pastor's here or whether he's here or not. You ought to be thankful that somebody is saying, don't even lick it. Don't get it in your spirit. Don't get it in your taste buds. Don't buy a lottery ticket. Amen. Don't, don't, don't get assimilated into all of that. Because you may get hungry and you thought you ever would. Flesh now has no limits. In our state, they've raised the speed limit to 70 and they're driving 80 now. I'm telling you, you draw a line, somebody's going to always go a little bit above it. There's something about carnality and something about flesh. There is always a tendency to press the limits. I ask you humbly tonight, while he tarries, dear child of God, don't be one of those in your church that is the, the innovator and the introducer of a new fad or a new gimmick and a new something. Don't run off to any place and drag back to your church something that you know your pastor has not got a good feeling about and just see if you can press the limits. He may have compassion and love you enough, but you don't know the time he lay in his bed saying, God, keep him from that spirit. I don't want to assault the issue right now and I don't want to hurt them. 
him right now. But he is standing between the porch and the altar trying to keep a good fresh breath of a Holy Ghost inspiration in your church so we can save your kids and save your family and have an outreach church and an evangelism church and a holy church that will have something to present to the world when they come through our doors. They don't want a worldly church. They don't want a barroom church. They don't want a bunch of women looking like harlots. They don't want a bunch of fan on the bars. They are coming for holiness. They want the difference if they want to be saved. Just one more thing or two. I'm sorry. I know it's late. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. While he tarries, we must not let the go ye go out. While he tarries, we must not let the go ye go out. Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. Our dear brethren that are here tonight, I know I've said some things that you may not understand and maybe some that I shouldn't have said in the heat of the moment. But I want revival. I'm not here to sing a sad song. The Lord's helped us, but I, I'm not satisfied. We're starting revival. Brother Joseph, Joe Rainey's going to be with us this weekend. We're kicking off a meeting. Would you pray for Brother Phillips? Faith Tabernacle, Fighter, Texas. Would you do it? We need some principalities and some powers broken in our area. I want it. I hope that I have arrived at a place that I say that I want revival. And I pray that there's no vain glory in it. I hope that I have come to a place to where it's not from a vindictive spirit just to prove anything to anybody. And We do need to be pure in heart. I hope that by now I've come to a place that I want a good church, not just because I want to have a nice car and ride in a nice car and live in a good house. I hope that my motives are pure. That while he tarries, I can somehow join with my high priest and say, still, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. I hope that while he tarries, I could just say, Lord, from now to whenever you come or I lay in the sod, I want to fulfill the ministry that you've given me. I hope that while he tarries, and I probably should have saved a lot of my time for this point, we cannot let the go ye go out. You good saints that are working and witnessing and laboring, I've got people in our church, and I'm, I've come for this meeting for some direction, and I've received some. And what do you tell people when they're rubbing their nose in the carpet and they're bawling and crying? And you all do what you will, but I'm not hanging good folks over torment and letting them live in condemnation over some folk that don't want to be saved. Well, I heard that hit, but it's all right anyhow. 
you can come and scream and holler and sing a big song, but when you're with people day by day and you see them praying and you know they're fasting and they're witnessing, I know our day will come and God honors the seed that is sown. But brother, in the meantime, while he tarries, we've got good people in our churches. Their, their folks ain't getting saved and they're not going to be saved, it don't look like. Well, hallelujah. I never have preached some kind of a pie in the sky thing. All this business about, if any two agree is touching any one thing, it shall be done. You better leave it where it's at. It's talking about binding somebody. If your faith is this fragile that I'm killing it, you ain't gotten what you thought you had. But we got good folks about to backslide because they've been praying sincere prayers. You can call it revival if you want to. They come along a few years ago and said, Man, we got them getting the Holy Ghost, don't even want it. I know folks who got the Holy Ghost didn't know what it was when they got it. But I have yet to see somebody get the Holy Ghost that in their heart didn't want it. Just come up here and lay your hands on them and sit in that chair and get four or five folks around them jitterbugging them and tying their tie and buying their Honda and getting their tie tangled around their eye teeth and tongue tangled up. You got it, you got it, you got it. Amen. I could advertise 500 soul revival every month. God, you're a million miles of that ignorance. Get somewhere and you don't know what anybody's talking and advertise. 2,000 got the Holy Ghost. Who do you know who's talking in tongues? My God, you're preaching with an interpreter. <laughs> Everything there talking tongue, far as I'm concerned. Come around with that junk, make me feel intimidated because I got a little country church sitting by the side of the road just trying to have revival and trying to preach a little bit. Y'all need a little of this, so hang on. Ain't none of you intimidating me because I ain't turning my town upside down. I tell you why, this city church is sitting on this highway. Hey man, Elder J.T. Bass, where are you at? He had all he could take and left out. Amen. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, he'd be here. There's a reason he ain't here, I promise you. Praise God. Well, I think. <coughs> Amen. The reason this place is here, it'd be called for 30 some years, by the way, Bass, over on the other side of the town. Some good preacher preached under a naked light bulb hanging out of a ceiling. Amen. Amen. Somebody, Johnny, come late, he's come along. My God, you ain't doing nothing if you ain't turning the walls upside down. Some of them wouldn't have a church to preach in if somebody hadn't worked a job and dug something out by the crust of their toenails. They wasn't winning the world, bless God. They just having church. I ain't being intimidated by nobody. You don't want revival. I want revival as much as anybody in this world. But I ain't filling a church up with a bunch of bobbed head mess. Somebody that's six years down the road don't know if there's one God or a dozen. You ain't got no church, you got a circus. Talk about your cell ministries. Gotta go there, get the cell ministry. Sit down, I ain't done. Lord, send me God and find out how to have revival. Well, you've had the rest. You got a WML now. I ain't being cocky. I wasn't born yesterday. I've been around here. This one God Jesus named church. 
Amen. While some of them was out there under a tent preaching one God. I was cutting my teeth on a one God pew. Amen. Amen. Don't come right here telling me I don't know nothing about church. Amen. Get them highbrow philosophies out of here. I'm going to tell you something. We ain't no smarter than our forefathers. They preach one God, Jesus' name, in or out, up and down, heaven or hell. Like it or love it. But now we got to tiptoe around. Everybody's so intellectual. They get scared of hell. They won't care what you preach. They weren't careful on me, and I'm still here. Gotta have all the DDs. We'll wind up a bunch of dodos, and God won't be in a million miles of none of it. I guess we all better stand. Musicians, come help me out. Last night, ending on a bang. Or a pop. Well, I don't know. Some of them don't think so, but that's all right. I'm not against treating folks civil. I'd go up to anybody in my town and treat them civil. Believe it or not, I'm big enough gentleman to treat the Pope good if he'd come in here tonight. I even like kitchens. That's a hard job to do. Please don't go out of here and judge me, but I'm, I'm a little stirred up about some of the spirits and attitudes I'm getting in this end time. I mean, some of these folks taking taking millennial scripture and trying to preach revival out of it. My God, to hear them tell it, we're laying down the line, the land, laying down together, already beating our swords into plowshares. Keep keep playing, sisters. My God, they got to have a little something to catch this spirit up out of here. Thank you. Keep keep thumping them things. Sounds good. Sounds good. I know they're wanting me to shut up. Amen, amen. Somebody said, I just love it. Yeah, I just love to do this sometimes. Because there's some spirits and attitudes don't like it. You can take that Bible and preach a bunch of stuff, get it plumb out of its context. Try to preach revival. Amen. You don't have to tell lies or misuse the scripture to preach revival. Some poor struggling preacher here tonight, setting off button Timbuktu somewhere. We're here to encourage one another, and I know you say, man, you're doing a poor job. But there's some of us other little fellas like me, brother. We ain't doing a whole lot. And I hope I can keep a right spirit while I'm fighting things. There's other people like me right here. We ain't got no fine-tuned choirs, and we don't have 500 membership. We ain't got them coming visiting every Sunday. Some of you fellas that's in that boat, you need help too. Yeah, I need challenge. Yeah, I need stirred. Yeah, I want to be challenged. I want to challenge my church. But I ain't hanging a for-done shingle out just because some folk don't want it. And I ain't putting my folk on a guilt trip. Amen. Be fruitful and multiply all you want. But it ain't going to happen until God lets it happen. One plants, one waters, and God gives the increase. One plants, one waters, and God gives the increase. Until he comes while he tarries. It's church. It's prayer. It's fasting. It's inviting. It's Bible class. It's Bible studies. It's door knocking. It's whatever will work. It's whatever will even make an effort. And say, God, would you anoint our efforts? Would you do something in our city? Would you somehow touch our lost loved ones? Would you touch our neighbors? While you tarry, God. While you tarry, let me be a little part. 
in the big picture what to do while he tarries. For the best, I hope I haven't embarrassed you tonight. I apologize. But, but I've laid on my face and I said, God, what do we do? What do you do with worldly teenagers? What do you do? I know you don't hear much of this, but you need to. Somebody said, don't accent the negative. Well, go ahead, sing your little old song, but I'm Mr. Negative. And I hate to end it on this note, but somebody said, you're going to balance this out tonight? I said, I guess. I probably sunk it. I'm sorry. What do you do? Something in me says, oh, i got to find some new thing. Something says, man, the compromisers are the ones filling their churches up. And they're making statements like, we don't know what to do to keep our folks enthused. What new singing group are we going to bring in? I guess we've got to bring in the power team, pay them $10,000 to bust bricks. Bring in a bunch of half-naked somebodies in here to keep our church enthused. Call that revival. It's not my brand. We can't get excited about prayer meeting and fasting and preaching and teaching and I'm not licking that lollipop I'm not even going to go close to it I ain't running their meetings and finding out how they're doing it I ain't arrested I'm fourth, fifth generation oneness. Nearly both sides. I think both sides of my family. This is in me. Praying the old year out and the new year in with my grandparents. Watching an old fella with five years of fifth grade education pound the stuffings out of a chair talking in tongues. In his living room, it's in me. But washing night and watching some old folks, some of them have no education, just keep kicking the water out of the pot, out of the bucket. Watching preachers down the aisles, preaching the city that's coming. I paid my dues for holiness. I took some stands that I won't go into tonight that cost me. Don't ask me to back up on it. While he tarries, I've got to keep hold fast that which is given me. I'm not saying you got to lose anything to have revival. I'm not saying that. I know I've opened up a can of worms tonight. I know I've left a lot of empty spots. But I commit my message and my spirit to your heart, and I hope it somehow balances out. While he tarries. Child of God, if you got discouraged, given that Bible study. God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have showed toward his name and that you minister to the saints and do minister. We desire that every one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end unto the end while he tarries be not slothful but followers of them who through faith and patience whole mission pastor through faith and patience
struggling preacher, struggling through faith and patience. While he tarries, through faith and patience, we inherit the promise. Lift your hands. Let's talk to the Lord about it.